Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. So the Bible says that faith is very important. And most of us know that. We've heard that faith is important. But we don't press in often to say, what is faith? And so we can have a slightly vague or, or wrong idea of faith. And I felt it was important for me and us today to talk about faith. We're breaking into our current series. We're starting a new series in a couple of weeks' time. But I really felt this was a word for us today. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He says, lay hold, fight. Faith is a fight. You see, sometimes we think faith is a passive thing that happens to us, but he describes faith as a fight. So what are we fighting against? I'm going to explain that a little bit later. Second verse, Ephesians 6 verse 16 he starts just before this verse talking about how we wrestle against evil forces. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against people or circumstances or this world. You might think you're wrestling against sickness or against a boss who's a pain in the neck or against financial lack or against family disruptions, whatever. You might think you wrestle against flesh and blood, but he says no. We wrestle against spiritual forces, and then he lists the armor that we as Christians put on to help us in this fight. And I'm just going to focus on verse 16. Above all, with all of the different pieces of armor that we use to fight this fight against the evil forces, he says, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Have you ever had a fiery dart? You say, I don't know. I don't know if I've experienced a fiery dart. What, Greg, is a fiery dart? Have you ever had a pang in your conscience, but it's condemning you? It's a, it's a, it's a condemning, accusing pang that says, you're useless. Have you ever had one of those? Have you ever had this little feeling, you're not a good Christian, if others knew how bad you were? Have you ever had that? Those are fiery darts. Have you ever had a temptation where you know that you don't like doing that sin, but it just pulls you back to it again? That's a fiery dot. Have you ever had depression just suddenly come upon you? That's a fiery dot. There are so many fiery dots, and the Bible says the evil one is firing fiery dots at Christians. First of all, we shouldn't be surprised by the fiery dots. It's part of being in a war, fight the good fight of faith. But secondly, he says the shield that we're going to use to overcome the fiery darts is the shield of faith. Oh, Greg, if I only knew what faith was, I could use it as a shield against these fiery darts. What is this shield of faith? How do I overcome the fiery darts? Friends, I've got good news for you. We've got a way to do it. And I'm going to explain it today. Third verse, so important. 1 John 5 verse 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. How am I going to overcome the world? The world keeps crashing in on me. I read the news. I, I hear the general discussions of, of the society around me. And I'm overwhelmed with negativity, with despair, with fear, with hatred, with bitterness, with gossip, with lust, with envy, with greed. I'm overcome with the world. How do I overcome the world? Do I separate myself? Do I go and become a monk or a nun in a monastery? Do I... Do I um, just, just discipline myself and, and become strong in self-control and, and just beat my flesh and make myself a strong person using my own strength. No, he says, this is the victory, our faith. What is the shield? Our faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It's faith, friends. And yet the devil is so tricky that he makes us think it's something else that will help us fight this fight. He makes us focus on the wrong things. Have you been watching the Olympics? I've been watching a lot of Olympics. And you know what has really been so obvious to me is how focused these sportsmen and women are on the thing that they're doing. If they're throwing the javelin, they are so focused on their thing. They block out everything else and they just focus and they, they're so precise in what they're focusing on. If they're playing a ball sport, the way that they focus on that ball, and you know the camera work is so good, it gives you a close-up of their face, and you can see them watching the ball right up onto the bat or the racket or whatever it is, or the golf club. Or They are so focused on the thing, and that's why they're the best in the world, because they've learned to block out distractions and focus on what matters. Friends, the Bible says that our shield is faith. Our victory is faith. Our fight is faith, and yet we focus on self-control, on other things, on so many, many things. And God says, focus on faith. And so I'm going to mention three things today, which are distractions that take our eye away from faith. And in the process, we'll see what faith really is Matthew 14 verse 30 is talking about Jesus walking on the water <laughs> you know Jesus is walking on the water and it's nighttime and it's stormy and Peter is not sure that it's Jesus because it's dark and there's wind and waves and he sees this figure walking towards them they had no idea Jesus was going to walk to them on the water and so he's not sure is it Jesus he said Lord if that's you Tell me to come to you. And Jesus just says one word. You know, you can recognize a person's voice, but when they just say one word and the wind is blowing, it's quite hard to say, is that really Jesus? Jesus just says, come. So Peter uses his own willpower, his leg muscles, gets out of the boat, stands on the water, and he starts walking. He's walking on the word come. He's not walking on the water. He's walking on the word that Jesus has spoken to him. But verse 30 says, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I know why he doubted. He took his eye off Jesus 
and he took his spiritual eye off the word come and onto the waves and the wind. And that is the first thing that will take our, our focus away from faith, is when we stop looking at God's word and we start looking at the world or the symptoms or the things around us. There's another amazing passage, speaking of Abraham in Romans 4 verse 19. It says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since we, he was about 100 years old. What's that saying? It's saying that when he looked in the mirror every day, God had promised him he would have a child. And every day he looked in the mirror or he looked at his body and he says, your body is not going to make a child, buddy. But it says he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Isn't that beautiful? Every day he would look at his body and he would say, I'm not going to consider you body. I'm going to give glory to God. Isn't that a great way to get your focus, your eye back on the ball? Say, you know, there, there are all these physical things that tell me God's promises are not true and are not going to come true. And I've got to decide every day to take my eyes off those symptoms and evidences and say, God, I'm giving you glory. He gave glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, how was he fully convinced? He convinced himself. He said, listen, body, listen, soul, listen, mind, listen, emotions. We're going to trust God and we're not going to trust our eyes. You say to me, Greg, that sounds like craziness. That sounds like insanity. There's evidence that your body is old. There's evidence of this or that or whatever. There's feelings. There's real stuff that I can sense with my five senses. Are you saying I must ignore that? Now, I want you to hear me very carefully now. Faith is not denying those things exist. Oh, please hear me. Faith is not denying that those things exist. Faith is saying there's something greater that exists that I cannot see with my eyes. That is it. <laughs> Faith is not denying the letter from the bank, the, the diagnosis from the doctor, the, the feelings in your body, whatever. Faith is not denying that. It's just saying there is something bigger, greater, more powerful. Do you remember in Kings chapter 6, Elisha is there with a servant. They're stuck in a little house and they're being attacked. They're surrounded by enemy forces. And the servant opens the window and looks outside and there are just so many soldiers around and he's so nervous and scared. And he goes to Elijah. He says, my Lord, my Lord. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. What was he supposed to open his eyes to? Look at the soldiers again? No. See, there's another reality. And when he looked out a second time, he still saw all the enemy soldiers, but around and above them, he saw even more of God's soldiers. And he realized those who are with us are greater than those who are against us. That's faith. It's not denying. It's saying there's more. Paul and Silas in the prison, they, they're bound and shackled. 
They're not denying that they're in prison. They're not denying that they're held captive, but they say there's more, and that's why they're praising God. And the chains fall off. Is something stirring in you? This is faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. This is the first point. The thing that will take our eyes off the ball is our five senses. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. I've used this illustration before. But you know when you look in a big pane of glass, a big window, you can see your reflection. Especially if it's dark outside, but it's light in the room. You see your reflection. And you're standing there looking, and you're seeing yourself. But if you refocus your eyes, or if it starts to get light outside, you can still see your reflection, but you see what's outside even more clearly. And then you focus differently, and then you see the beautiful view. We used to live in a house overlooking St. Brillard's Bay. But it had these huge, big windows, sliding door windows. And as you look through them, you could see onto St. Brillard's Bay. Just the most beautiful view. And I remember standing there and seeing my own reflection. And the Lord just spoke gently to my heart. He said, don't focus so much on yourself. Look at what I've got for you. And it was a picture of faith. We look at our own symptoms, our own problems, or what the world around us says, and we need to refocus. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What? What a weird thing to say. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. First thing that will take your eyes off the ball in this fight of faith are your five senses. Now, I'm not saying you're not experiencing those symptoms, that pain, that attack, that fear. I'm not saying that those aren't real. I'm just saying lift your eyes and see a greater reality. And do what Abraham did. It says, and he gave glory to God. With our mouth, we confess. That first verse I said, says, uh, have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When my mouth starts to say, Lord, the symptom is real, but your reality, your healing, your provision, your power is greater. As we start to confess it, our, our eyes get focused on faith. Right, second thing. Our thoughts and emotions. How many of us, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I know it's all of us. We've had thoughts and emotions that betray our faith. We say, I believe, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe, Lord. And then this other thought comes in and it says, no, God's not really there. He's not going to help you. It's not going to work. We've all had it. Amen. Why? Two reasons. Number one, because you grew up in this world. Before you became a believer, you grew up relying on these five senses in this world to, to inform and mold your thoughts. And so your thoughts are trained to be negative, And it takes time to retrain them the other way. That's the first reason. The second reason is the devil's throwing fiery darts all the time. I don't believe he can read your mind, but he's clever at observing you and knowing when you're weak and he throws in thoughts. Those people don't love you. You're the, you're the unpopular child in your family. You're worse than other Christians. You'll never get over this. There's no hope for you. He throws in these thoughts. 
Right, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5. I need to go fast now. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That's saying the same thing as that previous verse that I read, which says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not worldly, are not physical. We don't fight with physical weapons. But they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What are strongholds? It's going to describe them for us now, but I'll tell you what they are. They are castles of negative thoughts in your head. That's what a stronghold is. You see, you start with one negative thought, and then the devil gives you another one, and so you add that to that, and then you build, you make a conclusion out of those two, and you put a third brick on top, and then you make another conclusion, you put another one, until you've got a stronghold of negative thoughts. And it says, the weapons God has given us are mighty to pull down those strongholds so that we can have faith in God. Listen to what verse 5 says. We cast down arguments. Those are logical additions of one thought upon another. An argument says, if this is true, then this is true, then this is true. There is no God. He doesn't care for you. He's not all-powerful. He won't help you. You're different from everyone else. That's a negative argument. We cast down arguments... And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. God has given you the weapons to take those thoughts captive. You say to me, Greg, how do I do that? You stand back as an observer. You say, these thoughts are not me, they are just thoughts. And you stand back and you look at the thought and you say, does that line up with God's word? And if it doesn't, you say, stronghold, in Jesus' name, you are not the truth, and I'm pulling you down. Try it. You say, Greg, it sounds too simple. I promise you, it will change your life. Listen to this verse. Hebrews 10, verse 19. When you're guilty, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. It's saying that when my conscience is accusing me, I can sprinkle my conscience with God's word and with his blood and have full assurance and come boldly into his presence you see the problem is we have linked our feelings with the truth so much that we think you know that that song by wet 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 and you know i love you i always will my heart's made up by the way that i feel do you know that song that's how we are my heart's made up by the way that i feel and if i feel guilty I must be guilty. And God says, no, your feelings are different. Step back, look at them, and apply God's word. One more verse on this one. 1 John 3, 19. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. It says we can assure our hearts when our hearts condemn us and say, God is greater than my heart. He knows more. He has forgiven me. He has made me clean. He has washed me. His truth is true.
I've just got one more. And it's self-effort. Self-effort. Galatians 5, verse 4. Paul is speaking to the Galatians and they had wandered away from faith and they thought it was their own good works that would get them closer to God. It's a bit like uh, an Olympian who's getting ready to hit the ball. Let's just say it's baseball and he's getting ready to hit the ball and then he thinks, no, it's not about watching the ball. I've got, to, I've got to do something else. And so he starts to rely on maybe the way he twists his body. And he's no longer watching the ball. He's just thinking about himself and his own efforts. And the ball whizzes past him. He says, Paul says to the Galatians, you started in faith looking at God's word. But now you're looking at your own self-effort to get saved. Galatians 4, 5 verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. What does this mean? It means that I can get to a place where I think I have to be good enough. I have to overcome sin in my own effort. I have to do all these good things. And if I don't, then it's, it's me that's, you know, I'm the problem. And we're focused on ourselves. And he says, if you try to be justified by law, by good works, you've estranged yourself from Christ. Two verses earlier, he says, Christ will profit you nothing. All this power of God, where he wants you to just say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. I trust you and your power, not my own strength. When you start to rely on you, how often you've prayed. Have you prayed the right words the right way? Have you been good enough? Have you given enough? Have you fasted enough? Have you done all these things? If you're relying on yourself, he says, you've taken your eye off the ball. It's not faith anymore. Another verse in Galatians 3 verse 12 says, the law is not of faith. If you're relying on rules to get closer to God, he says, that's not faith. You've got to just say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Friend, you might be saying, what do I do practically? Well, for every wrong thing you've believed or looked at, you need to find a verse in the Bible that is the opposite, the actual truth. And you need to read it and remember it and look at it regularly. So you might have thought you have to be good enough and pray enough and, and be righteous enough. You need to find a verse like Ephesians 2 verse 8, which says, it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by good works, so that no one can boast. You need to find verses that are opposite to what you believed wrongly and take them as medicine every day and say, this is the truth that I believe. You might think you're bad or that those fiery dots have maybe told you you're a bad person, you're unclean, there's something wrong with you. You need to find a verse like 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 which says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are made new. Or 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You are clean. You are forgiven. You are seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says. You are his workmanship created to do good works which he's prepared in advance for you to do. Get some verses in your head and start believing. And if you're here today and you say, I need to get born again. I need to become a child of God today. I want to step into this family. 
Just while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now. We've all done this at some stage in our lives. If this is you, just say, today is the day I want to become a child of God. Put your hand up high and I'll pray with you right now. Yes, anyone? Okay, thank you. Anyone else? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you bled and died on the cross for me. I believe your death was enough to pay for my sins, to forgive me and to make me new and to give me a new start and a new life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me new. Thank you, Lord, for coming in and making me a completely new creation. I trust you. I receive it right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that faith is what matters. Your word says, Galatians 5, verse 7, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. Lord, thank you that it's all about faith. It's a fight of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Thank you, Lord. And thank you that you give us this gift of faith. You give us the ability to have faith. Lord, I pray for myself and I pray for my brothers and sisters here today that you would help us to get our eye back on the ball, Lord. Help us, Lord, to stop looking at ourselves, at our own efforts and goodness. Help us to stop looking at our own thoughts and feelings. Help us to stop looking at what our five senses tell us. And help us, Lord, to look at your word. Your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Help us to believe what your word says over and above our own feelings, our own goodness, and our own thoughts. Help us, Lord. Lord, I pray for my friend right now who knows that this is for them. Friend, this might be you. You're standing there and you're saying, this is for me. I've been relying on my own thoughts and feelings or my own goodness or some other ideas. I need to believe in God's word again. Craig, help me to do that, you say. Let's pray this prayer. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord, I believe in your word and in your truth. I'm sorry, Lord, for focusing on my own feelings and my own thoughts. I'm sorry, Lord, for focusing so much on whether I'm good enough and how good can I be to please you. And Lord, I want to trust only in you, in your word and your power right now. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, Lord Jesus, for looking in the wrong places. Please wash me clean again right now today in your blood. And Lord, please fill me again with your spirit, with your hope, with your expectation, with faith. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.